being like, what is the cartoon version of yourself? Having those little things that you do and like leaning into them versus like, oh, I'm hiding those things to really build that sort of engagement or raving fan base. It's like, it's those little things that normally uh, you wouldn't even think about promoting that, you know, make you a person to where people are like, I want to follow this person because they're interesting and they're fun versus just like, oh, this is just the face of this boring company. We stand today. The Business Method. With a shout out. The Business Method. The Business Method Podcast. The Business Method Podcast featuring Chris Reynolds. Entrepreneurs, systems, methods, tools, and tactics for location independence. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, people of all ages, welcome to the Business Method Podcast, where we examine the different methods, tools, and tactics of high-performance online entrepreneurs and high-caliber people in a series format. Our first series, we interviewed 100 entrepreneurs in 100 days that had built businesses creating $100,000 or more annually. On our second series, we are interviewing 100 entrepreneurs that have built location-independent businesses that generate a million dollars or more in annual revenue. There is a growing movement of people building these caliber of businesses and we wanted to get behind the minds, the logic, and the science of what it takes to build a business like this. We've had some incredible guests like Bobby Edwards, the founder of Squatty Potty, who built a $35 million per year company with just 17 employees, and JP Sears, the YouTube superstar whose videos are going viral all over the internet. I'm your host, Chris Reynolds, and we hope you enjoy the show. The Business Method. Hey listeners, welcome back to the show. Today's guest is Wade Alters, and this episode is the second half of a two-part interview. Wade's first episode was published just before this, and it is number 322. If you haven't listened to that yet, be sure to check that one out first. And for those of you returning, let's hop back into the show. Entrepreneurs, systems, methods, tools, and tactics. I wonder if it's this similar with you. I find that like the resistance that comes up for me when thinking about people that might might say something obnoxious or, you know, think it's a dumb idea to create a personal brand is from people that were in my life pre the age of 23. So like high <laughs> school and college, right? And in early college actually. And it's never like it's never my, you know, the fear doesn't sit around my entrepreneurial friends. Um, it sits around, you know, maybe a few family members and the people I think of high school, college, grade school, middle school in that timeline. Is it similar with you? Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's interesting if you haven't really done it much yet, I don't know the experience you've had, but I've had literally friends that I haven't talked to in 20 years Mm -hmm. reach out and they're like, Hey, I have this idea for this, this business. And I'm like, you know what? I'm, it's cool that you're asking. So I'm going to kind of give some feedback here or, uh, you know, some people asking for jobs and stuff like that. And so just kind of, uh, it's funny how the things that we worry about, you know, most of them never happen. Yeah. But also I think the other side too, which is interesting, I read a book, I forgot who the author is, but it's called contagious. Okay. And he talks about, uh, Hillary Clinton. I think it was right before the election put out a book. And if you go to Amazon and you look at the book reviews for this book, it's like average, it's the, like a three-star rating. But if you actually dive into the ratings, what he says is there, there's zero three stars. It's either all one stars or five stars. And so what he says is to, if you want to get more five stars, just focus on one stars because you're going to get five stars. So the more you polarize, it just leads to, it's the same thing, again, if I, I love using dating analogies because I think this applies so well to business. 
it's like just the average vanilla dude who's just there in his little button down and it, you know has nothing he he's just vanilla and mediocre he's not going to stand out the girl's not going to be excited to you know meet up with him again but just having some being polarizing being that the jalapeno orange mocha vanilla <laughs> frappuccino flavor whatever your thing is like the people who find that they're going to love it and just really again focusing on the the people that love it versus like the masses and trying to please everyone because you're just never going to happen you know how do you apply that when growing your business today so maybe some examples of either getting new clients or creating new products or just growing your your podcast and your network yeah, that, it's a good question. I think definitely early on, I tried to force it too much. And I tried to even, I, I saw that early on, I made this mistake when I was doing more consulting with clients. So I'm like, you got to pick your niche and you really got to double down and dive into it. But what I noticed, there is a sort of organic aspect to it. And I've noticed like you start getting feedback from your audience. And it's when you see those little things leaning into them and really being like, okay, there's some, so paying attention to that sort of stuff of like, what do they grasp onto, right? Um, I'll use it, I guess, again, like like the old brand that I had, like with the, the dating stuff, is I actually had the issue, I don't even like know, like being the more good-looking guy because I was six foot two and had clean skin or something. I don't know, like what male looks is all about. But I was starting to get make fun of for this, of saying like, oh, it's, you know, it's like a, a lack of credibility or authority because it's just about this. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to lean into that even harder. And so I'm going to be even more like luxury branding and, you know, wear like really nice, like wear suits and videos and stuff like that. And the more you can almost become like the cartoon version of yourself, I think, you know, like love it or hate it either way. It's a great view of persuasion is like a Donald Trump of like the orange skin, the giant (laughs) yellow hair, uh, the oversized ties and suits and just the way he talked, everything about, you know, the airplanes, Everything is like 10x or 100x of who he is as a person. And actually, you hear behind the scenes, people are like, oh, he's actually really cerebral and reads a lot, and et cetera, et cetera. Not, I don't even want to go down that rabbit hole. <laughs> but I think what it is, like thinking for yourself, being like, what is the cartoon version of yourself? What is it like if you love video games or something? Be, like have it to where all of a sudden your fans are like, oh, he's playing the video games. Having those little things that you do and like leaning into them versus like, oh, I'm hiding those things. It's usually the things that people make fun of you for. Those are the things that you're, you know, the fan from a personal brand standpoint, looking at it as an audience or fans to really build that sort of engagement or raving fan base. It's like, it's those little things that normally uh, you wouldn't even think about promoting that, you know, make you a person to where people are like, I want to follow this person because they're interesting and they're fun versus just like, oh, this is just the face of this boring company. Does that make sense? Yeah, even the flaws, right? Like, do you, yeah, yeah you address your own flaws, right? So, like, for myself, you know, um, I love the Dan Kennedy thing related to, uh, you know, get a list. I think this is a great sort of tactical thing. Get a list, put 10 great things on there about, like, okay, what are the things that you're going to highlight? For myself, I could say, oh, I've traveled over 40 countries, or, you know, my client list is usually only a wait list always, you know, um, or, uh, you know, things like that are. And then you, what you want to do, the counterintuitive ones, is create a list of five to ten things that people make fun of you for or flaws. So for him, it was things like he was an alcoholic, you know, recovering alcoholic, or, or like if you built your, like if you've gone bankrupt, or like for me, it was actually the dating coaching. Like for the first few years, I tried to hide that, and I'm like, oh no, I don't want people like it. It was kind of like you said, it, it could have had a stigma attached to it. 
Mm-hmm. But what I realized, I'm like, that's the thing that sets me apart is that I have this six years background there, 12 years total. If I didn't have that, I'd just be another life coach, kind of just trying to make their way in life, you know? And so I think that people try to hide these things versus people are going to tell the story either way. You might as well frame it in a way that, that benefits you, you know? Now, I'm curious, Wade, about the the evolution of your brand quality. So, um, you know, you did have six years of coaching experience beforehand, and that's a, a lot of good business experience, too. When you initially decided to become, you know, WadeAlters.com and create this coaching profile and this brand, was it easy for you to... Was it a natural, easy thing for you to have the vision of the brand? but Or has that grown over time, the quality of it? I know the products would have to, but um, mm-hmm. how has it changed over those six years? Yeah, I think the, the biggest thing that I, I tell you know aspiring entrepreneurs, if they want to kind of go down the information marketing business model, is to really model the right business at the right time. Because what I realized is that, you know, I had somebody take me under their wing to do, learn kind of the full product launch, build hype, you know, mass control style. And so that was my bread and butter, you know, so, you know, multiple six figure product launches and just close to a dozen even kind of like almost like seven or eight before I even left and started my own thing. So I'm like, okay, I have the confidence. I can do this. I know the model. But when you're starting off fresh, it's like, it doesn't matter how amazingly persuasive and compelling your copy is and how great how much hype you build if only 150 people see the VSL or something like that. Mm-hmm. And so I realized like the business model shifted where I went away from all these people knowing me to just a couple people knowing me. And so what I found is like I had to really, I, I kind of tried to square peg, round hole, force that thing to happen of like I just need it to be better. The marketing just needs to be even better. And realizing it's like, you know, it's a lot easier to grow a business in $5,000 chunks than $50 chunks. And so kind of I, I had to really shift and start building the business almost backwards of, okay, let's start with high ticket sales and kind of leading down that path. Mm. But then that leads to other questions. If it's more high ticket stuff, that's what really helped me sculpt the brand of being like, I'm this like custom tailored bespoke, um, you know, and the, the, this, even the topics that I would talk about in the podcast or on YouTube videos would be more like, okay, I got to promote this to type of people that can pay this, you know, can afford something like that. And so it kind of shifted every, so my customer avatar, you know, at the, it shifted because it had to for the business model. Um, and then again, like I said, for me, I always try to connect the persona to the customer avatar. So it really did, uh, that shifted things. And now kind of at this stage, it's more about, okay, let's focus on the brand, um, you know, like getting back into doing product launches and, and live events because there's a big enough audience now. Uh, but what, what I see a lot is people model that and they're like, oh, I got to do, he's doing videos and podcasts. I could do that. And it's like, no, you didn't see what I was doing, which was more like really working referrals and really kind of, you know, just under getting a sales script in place and things like that that are completely hidden and, and playing, you know, pricing and split testing different prices and, and, you know, six months versus a year versus month to month and kind of, you know, you, you don't see that behind the scenes stuff. So I think a lot of times people are just modeling the wrong thing when it comes to the, the influencer or personal brand stuff. Um, I'm curious, Wade, how long did it take for you to to create a sustainable business with the personal brand? 
I think, you know, the, the first year, I, this was another thing I wanted to mention because I, I was thinking like, okay, biggest sort of business lessons coming from, I think anyone, if you have a career, you try to go like, what are the things that I had in this? What did I learn from the bosses that I have? And now how can I do it? And so I jumped in right away, had one employee full time and got up to like six employees. And uh, it was just way too early to have that many employees. And so I'm like, I got a sales guy, I got a developer, I got a designer. And I think, you know, when you talk to entrepreneurs a lot, you're like, oh, how many employees do you have? That's like the, hmm. the jewel of, you know, that's the number of success or something. And so uh, early on, really the biggest mistake I made was I just tried to scale too fast. So the first year or two really was me, you know, you'd, all of a sudden you'd make 20K in revenue and you're like, this is awesome. But then you're like spending 21K and like <laughs> payroll and advertising. And it's like, I'm trying to convey myself as a successful coach and I'm eating ramen noodles trying to pay for all my employees. <laughs> um, and so, uh, it, it, and it really, you know, I call it like the, I call it the three-year slog. And, it, and I kind of have seen this just again and again in businesses. It's just like there's so much fat at the start and you just have so many ideas and so many things to try. Mm-hmm. I, I like, you know, there was like a 30-day period for a month, 40 hours a week. I was just testing out like a membership plug-in and I tried like four or five different membership plugins, set them all up, designed it so it fit with the, the site, and then it didn't work. And then after 30 days, I'm like, I literally have nothing to show for the last 30 days. I didn't make a dollar or more. I just know five membership plugins that didn't work. <laughs> you know? And it's like, that is the first couple of years of business, I feel. It's just like, it, it's, it's like more deductive than additive. It's more like removing crap than, you know, adding a new thing. Yeah, good point. Uh, and so I think, or, you know, like uh, Gary Vaynerchuk has the whole, like, eat shit for 24 months, eat caviar the rest of your life. I do feel it was like, for me, it was that, like, it really was about two, two and a half years, even having the experience of kind of being entrepreneurial and doing product launches. I just needed to make those mistakes for myself. And that's kind of really when the rubber rubber met the road, where all of a sudden it's like, oh, okay, I see something here. I got something that's working. Oh, I can see how I can scale this and kind of, uh, you know, go from there. So that's, like I said, about two, two and a half years in was when things started to get trucking. What were, what were some of your first products slash services you were offering? Well, like I said, if, if I would start over again, I wouldn't have done it this way. But, I mean, here's like the very, the, the first, I, no, I won't even go down some of these rabbit holes, <laughs> but there was one like, I really followed the, the digital marketer uh, Tripwire. Mm-hmm. So I think, and it was really hot at the time. This was a couple of years ago. And it worked really well for me. I still have a, a monthly membership that's just like, I, I don't promote it, I don't do anything, and it just runs and it's great um, for like kind of, you know, putting videos out, having a, a monthly, you know, call, Q&A thing. And it really was that sort of, uh, you know, lead magnet, $7 tripwire into, you know, a monthly, member, monthly membership thing. But what I realized is like, I think that business model, it's really good. Like if you're an internet marketer and you're selling how to become an internet marketer, like the tripwire, like you can create those $7 products and you get some money and you're like, oh my God, I made money off the internet. But it's like to build a really sustainable business that way, you ha- the funnel has to be much longer. Mm-hmm. Like you're really not making a good profit until you have $2,000 programs, $5,000, you know, $10,000 things on the back end of that and you use it more as a lead generation tool. Um, but I didn't know that at the time. So I was just every month basically building new complete sales funnels and launching new products every single month, basically just to kind of cover payroll. And so, um, 
in the end, I guess, you know, like all the, the ulcers and the, the migraines and the stress of that period, it's nice that I have, you know, 15 to 20 different products that I can throw in memberships and kind of repurpose in different ways and things like that. Um, but that was really the thing that got me going was doing those. And then anyone that became a member, I'd have an application and I'd just be like, hey, you know, you've moved to the front of the line for my uh, one-on-one coaching. So apply here. And, um, you know, if you're a good fit, you know, let's jump on the phone and, and kind of see if we could, and kind of, that's what led to getting into the coaching and, and that side of things. Very cool. Um, I want to talk a little bit about your location independent day. Well, I mean, you're still, you still have a location independent business, but the time when you were traveling, going to 40 different countries and, and growing as, uh, your dating business. And, um, I'm curious, you know, we were talking before the show a little bit about location independence. What what does that mean to you, location independence? Um, and then what has it, what kind of opportunities has it given you? For sure. Yeah, for me, I got lucky in that I was exposed to it before I even had my own business. And so once I had a taste of that, I just, that became number one. And I, I really had the sort of four-hour work week, like choose the lifestyle first and then build the business around it. Like for me, I really view business, it's, it can be whatever vehicle you want to live whatever lifestyle you want. And so I still have, that's a big part of what, you know, my brand is about is like, I don't like calling it like a lifestyle business, but just choosing that lifestyle of how much time do you want to spend with your family or your, your friends and where do you want to live and things like that. Um, and then leveraging it, we were talking about before the call, like that ability, that freedom of living wherever you want can really be an asset and so for me, again, choosing Chicago, where my rent was a third of what it would have been in New York or L.A., and really being able to build the business from there, that just gave me so much extra profit and capital to use to just directly put back in to get to the business to where it was able to you know, get on its own feet and kind of you know, rubber meets the road. Whereas if I was trying to do that here, it would have just been, I mean, who knows about the connections and stuff, but it would have been a lot more stressful and truly, I, I, what I wanted to do was move to either like Krakow or Budapest, or I love Thailand too, like the, mm-hmm. the islands in Thailand. But I met a girl, and so then, uh, <laughs> you know, she had a corporate job in Chicago. So I was staying, but I'm like, if I have clients and they have that ability, I'm like, why are you staying where you're staying? Go somewhere where, you know, you can live in Thailand for $1,000 a month and just, you know, build, get the, the three year slog there. You'll get through it a lot faster. But then, What's interesting for me, and this is what really compelled me to get out here, I think a lot of times when you're you're behind the laptop, no matter how you know large, how many employees you might have virtually and things like that, even some local ones with that too, is like you're kind of um, in a bubble. And even like I have masterminds, I have mentors, I have my own coaches, things like that. But it was just like I noticed in Chicago, at some point it was holding the business back. And there's just something still to being in it around other people that are just like really pushing themselves and really motivated. And I, and I noticed that, like I said, we've only been here three weeks, but within the last week or two, I've done things in my business that the trajectory is like two X or three X where I can see three to six months from now, just of being out here. There was just sort of a, like I didn't have a car and I'm like, shit, now I got a car, mm-hmm. man, I got, I got to, you know, do that. That's an expense. I'm like, Oh, it needs new tires. Here. Okay, cool. Get ready for that. And also it's like, you know, rent doubles or triples, and I'm like, oh man, I have all these things. And like, I'd planned for that and the business can even handle that. But just when you see everyone else around and like, well, yeah, they're like, just there's so many beautiful things out here. of like, oh, I could live, we're 10 blocks off the beach, but I want to be on the beach, you know, or like, 
I got a nice car, but there's a better car. And it's like, you can get sucked into that as well. But I think it's like, you know, I meet the dude on Saturday and he's got like, you know, 35 employees and this, you know, this huge mega corporation. I'm like, okay, to step up to this level, I got to do certain things. And so I think sometimes I see this sort of a digital nomad lifestyle and they're off like living in Chiang Mai and making two grand a month. And they're like, I've broke the system. Like I've, I've cracked the code. And I'm like, yeah, but at some point you're going to want to have a family or some point you're going to want to contribute beyond that. And I think sometimes, you know, you're the average of your five closest friends. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you can, you can look at your environment of like, you know, I was even saying to my girlfriend, like we do this for a few years, like it's just going to push me so much to do certain things with the business. And then man, it's, it's rolling. It's got so much momentum. Let's go live in Spain then or, or Italy. I love you're in Italy. I, I would love to do just, you know, eat prosciutto all day and drink some wine and, you know, <laughs> be on the coastline and just, you know, get in, you know, us dollars from the business, do that, you know, and just, and really look at it. Like I said, for me, it's an asset to play with and kind of seeing where's the focus, what stage am I at and how can I use this versus just kind of, uh, live in wherever you live haphazardly. It's a really good point. I can't speak enough for surrounding yourself with the right people and, and location independence is a huge asset to do that. Um, one more question, buddy, and we'll, and we'll wrap things up. Uh, from a, from a personal brand business, I'm curious, I always ask the guest on the show this question, um, the difference between and respectively just to the personal brand business, the difference between a five-figure mentality, six-figure mentality, and seven-figure mentality? I'd say, uh, yeah, it's a good question. Let's see if I think the five-figure, I'd say really, like I said, it's like focused on me, 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 right? So you're just thinking about like how, like just the ego validation and just like, uh, things like that. This is an interesting question. So I'd say, and then kind of like six figure, it's more like you figured out how to monetize, but you're doing everything. That's exactly, yeah, that, that's the big shift is like, you're still doing all the social media. You're trying to be on every platform. You're trying to do the podcast, YouTube, and you just, you know, and then you're doing the sales calls and you're trying to somehow monetize and you're taking care of the monetization. And then, you know, getting to the next level, it really comes down to, you know, I think pretty classic, just delegate, and learn the path of scale and leverage and really being like, okay, it's time to step away and be like, what can I, you know, put on other people? How can I enable people? How can I find people that are better than me? at doing Because I think that's not, especially when you talk about personal brand, is it's not like if, if you have a business and, and an employee puts out an email, like this email is coming from you, right? So it's like, even though it's not you, it says, you know, Wade Alters, see you later, Wade Alters, sign off, you know, from Wade Alters. So it's like there is this sort of scary part of like delegating that of like somebody else using your voice. But until you're able to feel comfortable doing that, you're just always going to be held back because you just hit that sort of bottleneck period, you know. Um, Yeah, so I'd say that was it. That's a good question. Excellent. Wade, we're going to wrap up there. I want to say thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much for sharing all your tips and tricks and wisdom with us. If the listeners want to reach out to you and learn more about what you have going on, where's the best place they can do that at? Yeah, I'd say, you know, waitalters.com. Uh, I love starting conversations just on my Facebook, so feel free to add me as a friend. And then, yeah, The Wade Alters Show. I've got my own podcast as well, so check that out. Awesome, man. Thanks again for coming on the show. Listeners, thank you guys for joining us once again, and we'll see you all on the next episode. Goodbye, everybody. 
Hey listeners, thanks again for joining the show. We wanted to remind you about our Get Shit Done one-on-one productivity coaching that we recently just launched. What we do is work with you to create big business goals that are absolutely game changers. We make a plan together and put you in our productivity hacking system that helps you stay on target. Each week you get a call with yours truly about what steps to take for the following week. Some say it's like a year of productivity in just three months. Check out all the details at thebusinessmethod.com forward slash coaching. Thebusinessmethod.com forward slash coaching.